Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, uh, Larry Vincent, uh, and with me today is uh, is one of my favorite people, uh, one of my closest brothers uh, in Christ, uh, and one of my best friends, uh, Mr. Brock Lush. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, Larry. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So glad uh, you're here, man. I mean, it's been a while since we've talked last. It has. Uh, I think family life has gotten crazy this summer, more than uh, normal. Yeah, so you have, uh, you have how many kids? Tell the audience. I've got two kids. I've got a son who is six going into first grade. He's super excited for that. And I've got a daughter who is three. She turns four in October and she'll be starting up her second year of preschool. Now for um, uh, people who may notice a difference in our uh, outputs today and how the voices sound, uh, Brock is my very first ever streaming guest for the podcast. Usually I have him sitting across the table from me. Uh, today, he is joining me via the interwebs. Uh, you have to be a Coffee and Conversation podcast aficionado to get that reference. Uh, look at season one, Aaron Rhodes. Uh, and uh, it, But yeah, Brock is joining me live from Cincinnati, from his home in Cincinnati. Heck yeah. And uh, I love that you use the word interwebs, by the way, because uh, that's what I use all the time, too. People kind of give me a side words look like, what? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I grew up in the 90s when the internet like first started up, and that's how I was always referred to as the interwebs. So it, it, it's hilarious because I'm referring uh, what I'm referring to is back in the first season, one of our guests, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rhodes, called it the interwebs the entire time. And, and I... <laughs> completely made fun of him for that <laughs> so uh i am i am ecstatic that uh you can relate well to him uh, and, but, and you know, it works out in the fashion of you know i love spider-man and i figure you know i just kind of consider myself like swinging through the interwebs of things and getting involved <laughs> in all those different dad oriented uh you know sites with uh, on facebook and everything that i do uh just on the side so it, it makes sense yeah, no, I get you. All right, well, let's let's uh, dive into our um, our first uh, ever online first sip. Now, uh, if you are unfamiliar with the podcast, uh, every time I have a guest on the show, uh, we have coffee uh, and conversation, hence the name of the podcast. But we we hold off the first set the first sip uh, as kind of this like. Um, you know, symbolic kind of, you know, fellowship communion type thing, right? I'm really making more of this than it actually is. I just like having full control of my guests. You're killing uh, me because my, my coffee smells so good right now. It's like, I just want to take a sip. <laughs> so what are you, what are you brewing there, uh, Brock? So I, uh, I did a French press today of, uh, actually I've been buying my whole bean coffee from Aldi for about two years now. They've got an organic, um, single bean that they bring in. And so you get whole bean medium roast, uh, Honduras, and it is delicious. And it's like less than five bucks for a pound. So, okay. All right. So, uh, being a coffee snob, uh, when was said bean roasted out of curiosity? I have no clue. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a single, I'm on a single income budget here. So it's like you walk in, it's like, Hey, and it smells good. And it tastes good the first time. It's like, you don't really look at some of the other details. Yeah. Okay. Well, on the other hand, uh, I as well have a French press, uh, from a, uh, freshly roasted bean from the Dominican. Uh, this is actually a gift from our teens who went to the Dominican. It doesn't get any fresher than this, folks. Uh, I got freshly roasted beans brought to me from the Dominican Republic. Uh, and I am drinking said fresh bean. No Aldi here for the coffee and conversation. So, Brock, let's... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ha! I'll just one-up you, baby. Check okay. that out. This yeah. might have to be... This might have to be the screenshot that we put on for the podcast. Um, <laughs> You know the the podcast is a uh, uh, is a auditory uh, art, uh, and and yet uh, Brock has broken the fourth wall here. 
<laughs> I can describe it. I can describe it. So what we have here is a Mario Brothers pipeline coffee cup from my good friends at Bark.USA, which if you're any parent who has kids that are involved with technology, Bark USA, check them out. They do some great stuff with being able to give your kids freedom with also that peace of mind while they're using stuff. And uh, they gave me this at Dad 2.0 this year, and I love this cup, especially an old video gamer. Okay, so I better get uh, my own cup for you just plugging them on the podcast. <laughs> I wish. Unfortunately, they only made enough for that event, so they're... They uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so let's take our first sip. Mm. <sighs> that is good stuff. That is good stuff. Dominican is tasting very good right now. I believe you're the one that turned me on the French press, by the way, years ago. Uh, probably was, because that's all I ever do is French press. I'm pretty sure because I remember like having it with you and you were like, no, we don't put sugar in this. It's just drank like straight. And I'm like, what? And then I tasted all of the lovely notes and goodness of a, a bean, a coffee that hadn't been struck by the sugar. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yes. There is no better thing in the world than French pressed coffee, uh, my friend. So Brock, um, I, I want our audience to get to know you a little better. Um, and so I would love for them to hear uh, a short summary uh, of your testimony, where you're at in your faith journey, how you got there, those kind of things. Yeah. So I grew up uh, in a Catholic family and uh, through a series of things, uh, I had a friend who died in a a horrific car accident who was a Christian. And um, I just kind of felt led to kind of look into what his life was like. And I really just love the idea of just being involved with the Bible and not having to go through all the the hoops and ladders of that the Catholic church kind of brought into it. And I asked my priest that I was at the church with at the time, some questions and he couldn't answer me. And so I just kind of washed my hands of it. Had to wait till I was 18 to actually start going to a non-denominational Christian church. Did that for many years. And it was a struggle because, um, you know, I was the only one in my family who had, who had done that. And, uh, I wasn't really getting a whole lot of, people from the churches that I was attending, I wasn't getting a whole lot of um, like discipleship from them. And so it was difficult Um, years go on. And um, I decided to go into youth ministry and even through going through a Christian college, I I went to Cincinnati Christian university here in Cincinnati. And that's where we met at and going through that. um, I just um, still like it was a struggle. Um, you know, the Bible became a textbook and that made it very difficult to me. And I yeah. think a lot of guys do, I think a lot of students go through that problem. Yeah, completely. Yes. So, um, met my wife, uh, within the first, uh, like week of school and we were just hanging out and about a month later started dating and got married, uh, about a couple years after that. So we've been married now for 12 years. And, um, you know, I, I really wanted to lead my family well, but as far as examples go for that, I mean, I had a good father, but he didn't really teach me anything from a biblical standpoint of what that looked like. And so I had to kind of make it up as I go. Um, My philosophy's kind of always been fake it till I make it in some ways. And um, it really wasn't until uh, probably, I don't know, like eight or nine years ago uh, that my wife uh, sat me down. I had, battled through a lot of different things. Every guy has gone through some things that I've gone through and she sat me down and she just was like, I really need you to be a leader for our family. Like, you know, really need to like dive into what that looks like. And I got around some guys at the church that we currently go to and the small house church that we were part of and really started to just get on this journey. And I, uh, I was basically, um, for lack of better purposes, rebaptized which is kind of an odd thing because that seems very odd for some people to hear, but I was baptized when I was in college and I don't think it had the same meaning to me that it did as a turning point and an actual dedication to sure. Jesus Christ as it does now. Um, all that being said, like it's still not been some walk in the park with like, you know, rainbows and butterflies flying around. I've, I've dealt with my fair share of, you know, getting beat with the ugly stick in different ways to really get into what, um, you know, walking with Jesus is like, and I mean, even he didn't have it easy. So, um, there are times where I have to be like, all right, like, you know, he said that he's been through all the things that we're going to go through. And a lot of times there's, you got to pump the brakes, take a deep breath and realize that. And, um, kind of coming into my own now to a new sort of like 
idea of what that looks like and just this full reliance on God and on uh, just his pro- to provide for us, um, you know, cause now we are a, a single income family. I have a part-time job now, which is kind of fun, but, um, we rely heavily on my wife's income and I'm a full-time half of dad now as like two years for two years now. Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, that was a very good summation of, of your life, man. And uh, I mean, it was really good, but a, a good story of, uh, you know, of faith and, uh, and trying to figure out who you are and just, uh, you know, allowing God to shape you over the years. Uh, talk a little bit about your, um, I don't know if you call it this, I know you probably do, but your stay at home dad ministry, um, <laughs> that, that, that you have, I mean, I want to hear everything about the podcast and, and then we'll get into the actual conversation for our listening audience today. We're, we're talking about, uh, being dads and being Christians. What does it mean to be a Christian dad in today's world? Right. And so we're going to talk about that, but I want to get your, I want to get your, your street cred first, man, you know, get your credentials a little bit. So people understand exactly where it is you're coming from on that end. Yeah. So I've always had uh, this uh, pull to be involved with other men uh, in the communities that I've lived in. And it, right. it's different for every single one of how that works. But when you become a dad, um, you tend to like have friends that drop off. Like first you're married. So you can hang out with your married friends and some of your single friends. And then like you go from being just married to being married with kids. And it's like some of those single, some of those single friends, they drop off completely because they just don't understand. And even some of the married friends do too as well, because they're also kind of in their own realm. Right. Yeah. For me, um, I tried to balance all those and it was kind of nuts, but I've always just, whatever was most comfortable, I try to jump into that and a little bit of the uncomfortable, however it works. So anyway, I, a couple years ago, walked away from my job to be a full-time at-home dad. And I know a lot of times people use the word stay at home, like you were saying there. And that's something where like, it's got this sort of negative connotation that dads are just staying at home and that's not the case. And I'm not trying to like, you know, correct you in any kind of way. It's just more of one of those things like where like no dad stays at home, no mom stays at home, even though so, that's so, the title. <laughs> so I'm now hashtag woke. Um, so you can, uh, <laughs> so I no longer could call you a stay at home dad. You're an at home dad. There you go. That works. Yeah. So with, but I ended up just feeling like if I'm going to be at home with my kids and we're going to be going out and doing stuff, I really wanted to connect with other dads all over the city. I mean, this is Cincinnati is such a melting pot of different families from all over and I'm going to run into them. So I started up just inviting guys that I knew who were dads and was like, Hey, like I'm going to be going out. If you want to come join me, great. I hope you would at some point. And then also too, like whether it be with the kids and we hit like, you know, a zoo or a park or something, or it'd be like, Hey, I'm just going to go hit like one of the breweries here in town. That's a big thing for me. I love craft beer. And so going out and checking those out is so much fun to just invite some guys like, Hey, let's just come, come hang out. And we're just going to have a really just chill conversation. And it's amazing how those move. And you're talking about like the ministry side of things. So for me getting together with those guys you know, they want to know who you are. They want to know what you're about. And so when you start talking to them and you start telling them about, you know, like, Hey, I go to this church and this is what we're doing. Like they're immediately blown away by the fact that, Oh, you go to a non-denominational church and you go and drink beer. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) you're missing what the scripture says here. And, you know, it says, don't get drunk, you know, watch yourself and that kind of thing, but watch out for your brother as well. But I'm not telling you to do it. If you've got an issue, like we'll talk that through, however that is. But um, I, there are just multiple facets to it. But they're always just like, wow, you're actually a pretty welcoming guy compared to some of the other Christians that I've run into before. And it's like, good, let, let's break that Let's break that down. Like, what's that look like for you? And so um, it's just drawn guys in. And we've been able to have great conversations with their faith and maybe why it is that they maybe were in the church did have this following and then they've walked away and what that looked like and why and how that looks for them with their family. Like, are they going to try to do something where they actually introduce that to their kids or are they just going to let them find it on their own or how is that going to work for them? So 
it's been just this awesome journey. And, um, so that's kind of how the group got started. And then about a year ago, I started up a podcast called the nomad dad podcast. And I brought in dads from all over the world. And we just talk about fatherhood, just like you and I are doing. Um, yep. and we talk about their side hustles, their books that they've written, like, you know, what they're involved in. And we get into, you know, like, how are you raising your kids and things along those lines. So it's just this constant, like getting, to dads and like giving them a chance to talk because if there's one thing that dads are great at doing, it's being stoic. <laughs> it's just sitting quietly and like nobody wants to hear what I have to say unless I'm talking to my kids and even sometimes they don't want to hear it. Um, but truly like it needs to come, leadership needs to come from the fathers into the families. And if that's not happening, then there's a missing piece to how things flow. All right. Um, I'm putting these up for just a second. Uh, I just realized why headphones matter. So, well, awesome, Brock. I mean, I, I, I actually uh, love your heart for dads. I mean, it's been, this has been a somewhat relatively new thing for you. Uh, and yet you have like skyrocketed in, <laughs> in the, in the at home dad, to say it properly, uh, community, uh, you know, to where you've been able to do some pretty awesome things with the national at, is it a national at home dad network? Is that right? Is that national at home dad network? Correct. Nice. I knew it. <laughs> it. Win. I'm even wearing, I'm even wearing our official shirt. Not It wasn't actually, that was a complete accident, but I got my dad's don't babysit. It's called parenting a uh, shirt from uh, the national at home dad network on today. <laughs> well, I have one cause you gave it to me and That's I right. tell you that is the one shirt I get more comments on outside of my Bible shirts. Um, people like, I love your shirt, man. You know, I was like, thanks. I and like if people, it. And if people want that shirt, because I get that all the time, everybody's like, where did you get that shirt at? Uh, you can go to athomedad.org and you can buy the t-shirts on there. They're like $16. So they're really nice shirts for that price. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Brock, let's talk about, um, you know, being a Christian and being a dad. Uh, you know, uh, how does your faith dictate your parenting? Like personally, I think for me, uh, it's the idea that, like I said before, my dad was a good dad, but he didn't lead me through biblical things as far as being a father. And I think that even though that's the case, we still have like a great example of our heavenly father to look into through the scriptures. And, um, I think once I grasped that, uh, it really just, um, made things easier on the context of like, okay, let me look back at maybe a situation where my child is acting like one of the Israelites in the old Testament, like, for like a better term, you know, not that that's how it is. I mean, this is hindsight 2020 here, folks. Okay? Yeah. I'm not really that like theologically smart, like it straight, but <laughs> the same fact being, I mean, it's the idea though, like you can look back at those things and be like, wow, like they're acting like toddlers in a lot of ways or whatever it is. Like, oh yeah. I mean, think about it. like there, there's that, uh, that one of my favorite stories from the old Testament when they're in uh, the desert, right? And they're wandering the desert and they're complaining about not having any quail, right? And, yes. and, and God's response is just fantastic. He, he goes, fine. You want quail? Fine. You're getting quail. So much quail, it's going to come out through your stinking noses, right? And that's not too far off from what he actually says. Oh, no. That's not. I mean, that's exactly how I would expect them to, like, audibly, that's what it would sound yeah. like. I mean, just straight up that snarky, kind of sarcastic dad that we all are in our own ways. And even though people are like, oh, you shouldn't be sarcastic with your kids, it just comes out naturally. Of course, he's the one that created us, and he also was that way. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said, all right, you want to do that? Fine. Let's see how that works out. Tell me how it goes for you. <laughs> you yep. know, I mean, all the, all the time, man. It's, it's absolutely hilarious, man. I mean, so, so you see parallels then between um, your, the, what the scripture says, the stories of scripture, the, the, the model of God to his, to his children and parenting your own. Oh yeah, definitely. All the time. I mean, if you're in the scriptures and I've, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not opening my Bible every single day. Just that's just a personal confession of mine. I, I work on it, but it just doesn't happen all the time. But still, like even just being diligent about getting involved and having conversations with people about scripture, it, you get this sense of this pipeline of 
God will just kind of go ding, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like <laughs> that was in the Bible, you know. Like okay, like where's that at? And it's like, yeah, back and look at it. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, so how does that practically though play out when you're, you know, not out? I mean, just outside of disciplining your kids, right? I mean, how does this play out? How does your faith play out in in your in your parenting? I think a lot of times it plays out in the fashion of like where you see your kid going down a certain path and you're just like, man, I really want to correct them in this. But at the same time too, it's like, I got to let them take a shot at it. I've got to have faith that they are going to not only try this and maybe fail, but at the same time, like they're going to learn from it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think, for the most part, anybody goes into parenting saying like, I'm going to be a helicopter parent. There might be like a very small percentage that do. But for the most part, I think when you go into parenting, you go, I want them to have the ability to experience all the things that I experienced, maybe not in the same way that I experienced it, but with the freedom of knowing that I'm not going to swoop in and immediately try to protect them or whatever. Like there are times where my kids will do something. I'm like, they're going to get hurt. Like, it's obvious, like just prepare yourself for it. But, it, and you just wait and see what happens. And maybe they get a lucky catch on however it is that they're doing something. But at the same time, like you're ready for it. Cause then you're like, all right, like, what did you learn from this? You know, or, Hey, that really sucked that you, you know, hurt yourself or you got hurt. Like, what could you have done differently? And I think that that's exactly how our father in heaven looks at that. Like when God created us, we screwed up immediately. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was, it was immediate. And, uh, right. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, like free wills there, you know? And, but at the same time too, like, as you see going through the scriptures, like there's always this, like, Hey, how could I have done this better? Or what can we do to change this? And that's what we as parents, I believe are called to do. Like we raise our children, but at the same time too, you've got to let them explore and make mistakes and fix those mistakes and learn from them and move forward. It makes them stronger. And if, if it wasn't for the way that my parents raised me in that way, I wouldn't be where I am now, which is learning the things and doing the things that my parents sometimes tell me like, wow, like you handle that way better than I would have handled that back when I was raising you. Yeah. And you know, you're speaking, you're, you're speaking towards something that a lot of parents go through and, and, you know, especially, you know, what I think causes the helicopter parent kind of deal. Um, and, and that's fear. You know, it, it's the fear of, is this decision I'm going to make going to ruin my child for the rest of their lives? Or if by allowing them to do this, if I'm not there to protect them and cover them and, you know, uh, take care of their every whim and need, that I'm not going to, that they're not going to be uh, productive members of society when they grow up or even Christians, right? Right. How do you, how do you, how do you speak against that fear? Uh, I mean, do you, first off, do you have that fear? Have you ever had that fear? I would say I had that fear Yeah. when I first became a parent. Um, just some of the things that you see in the media and read about. And I mean, just so everybody knows, cause I mean, you and I know this, but for me, like, I mean, I'm involved with dad influencers all over the world and see all kinds of different things. And hear many stories from different guys that don't get published at all. And right. so when you read these things, you're like, Oh man, I hope that I don't have to deal with that as a parent or whatever it is, especially from a Christian standpoint, you know, like it's like, you know what? Like it, it's okay. You know, like you'll work through it. The idea is, is that no matter what, like you do not stop loving your children, no matter what decision they've made, however they've come about it. One is it has nothing to say anything against your parenting, unless it's something along the lines of like, it's abuse, like that's different. <laughs> oh, obviously. Yeah. Right. But if it's something along the lines of where like they've made a choice, they've made a lifestyle choice, they've made, you know, this decision to do something that's against what you thought they would become. That has nothing against you. That's the world working against you. Same yeah. part of that in some ways for things. And even then too, like, and I, I highly stress this too, like a lot of it is just influence in the world through all that stuff. Um, and so you have to just continually loving them. Um, and I, I think for me, like more and more, I see this in like, just how specifically, uh, kind of involvement that I've had with like the LBGTQ movement and just the folks that are involved in that community. And 
the reaction that tends to come from a Christian parent when their kid comes out and tells them, this is who I believe I am. And that parent just has such a difficult time grasping like, well, that's not what I raised. That's, that's not what I instilled in you. And it's like, there are outside things that are involved in that. And I've got my own opinions on those and I'm not going to share them here because I think that's a little bit outside of it. But at the main fashion of it is that it's, that was their choice. That was what they chose to do. And so, and regardless of, and regardless of, you know, what decisions people make, our job is not to judge or right. them. Our job is to love. Right. And, exactly. and yep. we have to make sure that even as parents, when our, when our children get to the age where they're making their own decisions uh, and we have no influence over those decisions that, mm-hmm. we, that we love them, even if we can't fully support uh what they, what it is that they're doing. Right. Right. I think the biggest, biggest scripture piece for me that I fell down to here just recently is where Jesus says that I came not to uh, condemn and judge. I came to love, you know, he calls for us to love and the judgment is something that God will do later. But here on this earth, the thing that we're called to do is to be the example, be this, be Jesus here. So if he's here, if he was the, if he was here to do that, that's what we're here to do. And I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of Christians have missed is that fashion of like love is the number one standard for when you're working with somebody. Well, yeah, because when you condemn, you push away. Right. When you love, you pull in. Right. And, and our job is to pull in and lead people to Jesus so that they can at least make a decision about Jesus. Right. And right. And, but, but to go back to your question though, too, like you yeah. were talking about like a fear part of it. So uh, for me, like, for instance, like, um, I, you know, you've got like uh, little kids who are painting their fingernails and going to school and then getting ridiculed for it. They have nothing to do with like being any part of the gay community at all on that, but it it like immediately sends the signal like, Oh, you're girly. Oh, you're gay. All this other stuff. And it's like, no, no, like they're just a little kid express himself. All little kids love colors. You know, Mm -hmm. who doesn't want paint all over you? Like that's pretty much what they exemplify when they're at the table. Like, Oh, Hey, it's time to paint. Okay. Can I just paint myself? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure my oldest uh, would not want any marks on him at all ever. Uh, (laughs) He's the cleanest kid. It was really funny when he was a year old and he would eat cake and he would cry because there'd be cake mess on his hand. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, no, he doesn't like each paint own, to each his own <laughs> Yeah, to each his own. Now, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that you're hitting on Brock um, that I, I, I love to hear from, um, you know, and you would say you came from uh, a pretty good family growing up, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know your parents and I know, I know your, your, uh, sister and, uh, you know, I, I, I love them and your brother. Yeah. Sorry. Your brother. Um, and I, I love them. I think they're great. Um, and I had the exact opposite of that. Right. I mean, to, I mean, I, I have some pretty awesome, awesome siblings. I don't talk much to my, to my parents and I, I didn't have, uh, my biological father growing up. You know, I had a stepdad who, who did his best, uh, and worked a whole bunch of hours and was never home. So, you know, it was almost a, a single parent situation growing up. And, you know, there's, there's this, you, you talk about this, this idea that, you know, had it not been from my father raising me like this, I probably wouldn't be like this. You know, uh, there's a whole group of men out there today oh, yeah. who, who don't have what you had you know, and, 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 you know, and this is where I guess my experience kind of comes in because, you know, I've been a dad for 14 years and I remember, um, halfway through my marriage, uh, my, you know, uh, Heather and I've been married 15 years now. Uh, so about seven, seven years into it, um, a minister mentor of mine sat down with Heather and I was, I was not doing the best of jobs, right. Uh, as far as parenting goes, I, you know, this was, I was in Minnesota and I remember the pastor telling, uh, telling Heather, he just doesn't know what it means to be a good dad. And when Heather told me that I knew he was right. You know, I, I, I knew that I had to, I had to go to an external source. And this is where uh, you, as you said earlier, 
that God uh, as father really started helping, you know, because it's like, Oh, okay. That's how I'm supposed to act. <laughs> you, you know? Uh, and, and let me tell you, we can admit, can't we parenting, being a father, parenting in general, it's hard. Amen. I Amen. mean, it, it is one of the hardest things I have ever done. And, and, and I can't quit this, you know, like, well, I know you technically can, but we, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, a good dad's not going to quit on his, on his, on his kids or, right. you know, something like that, you know? So, so how do we, how, how do you encourage dads to keep on keeping on? Like, how do you, what do you tell them to a dad? who's like, man, I just don't know if I can go another day. Honestly, like I tend to tell them that they, they need to have other dads around them to talk to. Um, there are so many, like I said, there are so many guys who just want to do it on their own and find it unmanly to feel comfortable having a even emotional conversation, whether even just, you know, something along those lines where they actually share a piece of their struggling heart towards yeah. the kids. Yeah, the kids. but that's not a, always a conscious choice. Right. Right. I mean, because right. like, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've had this, you know, this same kind of propensity, and you know this, to not really share much emotion <laughs> or to uh, ask for help. Sure. Um, you know, uh, because of the walls that were built up you know, my lack of trust in people over the years. It's really not been until, uh, you know, my diagnosis of PTSD that I started understanding my need not to be on, on an, on an Island anymore. Right. You know? So, yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of guys say, Oh, it's just not unmanly, but I, I don't think it's a conscious decision all the time. Do you? Uh, maybe not so much, but I mean, I think it's, it also runs a line of just realizing like there's gotta be a point where, one, it, it can't be all just one-sided in that, you know, like if, if you are feeling negativity about your parenting style, if you're hearing about negativity about your parenting style from your spouse or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, like there, there's a point at where like, you know, I think you have to have this ability to pump the brakes and realize like, Hey, you know, constructive criticism from somebody else <laughs> is a good thing whether that be my spouse or somebody else, my daughter just walked in the room. Yeah. I saw, I was, I, I was, I was about to say hi to Ruby. I was like, wait, podcast, podcast. Uh, you, can tell, you can tell her I said hi later. But anyway, so like, it, but it's just this whole idea of, you know, you just have to be um, honest with yourself sometimes. Like, yeah. yes, it, it sometimes isn't a conscious thing, but there are little things in your day-to-day life that you realize like, Hey, like there's something missing here that can help me in some kind of way and being open to whatever that is. And and this is where though, I think faith plays its role, right? Sure. Uh, Because you know, you you said something spectacular right then is that there's something missing. And I just don't know. I mean, that that's what God does. That's what the Holy spirit does. He, Mm -hmm. He shows us what exactly is missing. Right. I mean, you know, the book of John tells us that, that the spirit convicts us of our sin and our righteousness. So not only does the spirit tell us what's, what needs to be fixed, but he tells us what's going right. Right. You know, and, and how many dads, how many dads spend way too much time uh, criticizing themselves instead of looking at what is right, what they're doing well. Right. Exactly. And I think that it's sometimes there's so much negativity surrounded that it's hard to find that. So that makes it like that much more of a, uh, like where you have to have that faith, you know, you've got to be able to see the, what am I looking for? What's the, the main objective here? And it's interesting too, because I always get, cause I, so I run the Cincinnati dads group here in town and I talk to dads in other parts of the country who are trying to get a dad's group going. And they're like, Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, my first suggestion is, are you connected to a church? Whether they're, whether they have a basis in faith or not, are you connected to a church? Have you yeah. ever connected to a church? And then I tell them like, Hey, if you want to go meet some get some dads who probably would connect with you pretty quickly, like go to the church, like, 
fill them out sometimes. Some are maybe a little bit more eager than others to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they're like, Ooh, I can get this one put on my roster, you know, kind of deal, but it's fresh just, meat. Yeah. yeah. Fresh meat. Exactly. But it's the whole idea of, you know, connecting with dads in that sort of way. Like, and that's been, I don't have a lot of dads from my church that come hang out in my dad's group a lot, but they do come around. And when they come around, it's so exciting to me because they get into these conversations with the other dads that just draws them out. Things that I wouldn't be able to get into conversation with them about because typically I'm hosting it in different ways. Yeah. So um, why, why don't they come more often? I, I, I'm, I'm not asking you to critique them in, in particular. I mean, uh, because this is a common thing anyway. You know, uh, Christian dads find their community in the churches to which they belong. Right. And, and, and they, they don't necessarily branch outside of that. You know, um, why not? I think for some of them, I mean, I do most of my activities during the daytime and they're mostly working dads. So that's one part of it, honestly. So I can't really, you know, bench them for that in that way because they're, they're active in their own way. They are involved with the church, with our church and small groups right. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do like a dad's night out. Typically they're out and that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like they're coming out to, to quite a bit of different things in that, in that fashion, but they're not out to everything. Um, but the, the part of it for me though, it's great is like meeting with the at-home dads that do live here in Cincinnati and getting the opportunity to just share like what's going on in my life and faith and just seeing like how that maybe translates into how another dad's feeling. Uh, it, it opens up this door that I never really considered to possibly open up cause I just figured I'd get shut down, which is kind of what you were talking about earlier. And like the whole idea of like, is, you know, what's it like to be a Christian dad? Yeah. I find it very difficult to be a Christian dad in the standpoint of talking about my faith with other dads sometimes, because you don't want to tread on their parenting styles and what they're doing, but you want to be able to share and also bring Christ into that in different ways. But you also don't want to get into, especially on social media. Oh my gosh. You don't want to get into some kind of trolling situation where right, right. you share something very passionate. And then next thing you know, like people come in there to like eat you up and that's not going to be healthy in any way. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're, you're right on, man. Uh, it, it is hard knowing that line between sharing your faith, discerning the right moment to do it, the wisdom to do it, uh, and, and just being that example for other people, you know, um, how do you, how do you recommend, uh, people, dads, uh, sharing their faith with other dads? I think it comes down to when you get into a conversation and, the opportunity um, brings itself about. Like, yeah. it, it, when you can really just easily, in a lot of ways, just draw what someone has just told you to how your faith is and what you believe in. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, honestly, like you've got to be listening. The Holy Spirit will bring that up for you. And if you don't immediately start that conversation, you kind of have a hard time getting back to it. You know, you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to like move on to something else. Like, hey, we're not, we're going to touch back on what you're talking about. Like you've got to hit it. And I think that that's the whole idea. Like if you're a Christian dad and you're having these conversations with non-Christian dads and you go into it, like I've, I've tried to make it a point before I go into dad's night out type stuff and things where I'm going to be interacting with their dads. Like, Lord, like just give me the mindset to slow down, hear what they're saying, and to listen to how I can draw that back to you. And it's amazing the amount of conversations that you get with that. Like you're, you're inviting the Holy spirit to basically like be that like sort of microphone type thing to like listen for you. And then it's like, when you hear that in your head, like, Oh yeah, that's point bang. Like you got to jump on that and have right. a conversation and not jump on it excitedly. Like, let me talk to you. but just in the fashion, because, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking that I'm like, Oh, like the rabbit has hit the hamster wheel and he's taken off, you know, kind of the thing. rabbit has hit the hamster wheel. Yeah. That just, is amazing. Hamsters can only, hamsters can only run so fast, but rabbits can run really fast. Yeah. But can they fit inside the hamster wheel? Oh, it's big enough. 
You see, there's so much logically inaccurate about that statement. It's okay. Uh, In your mind, people are picturing it right now. They are. (laughs) I mean, I am too. And that's why I'm picturing this bunny just curl up into a tight ball instead of a hamster wheel, not being able to move. If there could be pictures of unicorns with kittens riding them while lasers shoot out of their eyes with a rainbow going over it, I think people can imagine a rabbit in a hamster wheel. But those are real. Oh, golly. And there, folks, is one of our number one sellers. <laughs> um, I like anyway, yeah, but I think that I think that when you take you know the conversations you have with these dads yeah. and you just listen for that time and moment, like you just you touch on it and you touch on it in a way that isn't aggressive, but it, it's inviting. Yeah, I I, uh, I know that we um, that a lot of my audience for our coffee and conversation are are, are non Christians and. And so I want to I, I want to hit just a general fear that, uh, that every dad has, uh, and that's whether or not we're doing this right. You know, I mean, we're, we live in a society uh, that is pushing um, the emotionally um, driven fatherhood. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, to be connected, to be there. I mean, like. As a dad, I'm expected to do way more than my dad ever did, you know, uh, and, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing, like, you know, my dad, you know, didn't do enough or I'm doing too much, but this is the reality of being a dad is that we have to, we have to, you know, and, and moms too, but we're talking about dads. So, you know, we have to juggle work. We have to juggle, uh, we have to juggle, uh, kids. We have to juggle, uh, you know, our own friendships, you know, and our own things, you know, and and marriage. There's just, there's just a lot, man. There's just a lot to being a dad, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, And talk about that fear a little bit, because I know you probably don't have that fear as much as, as others do, but I have to believe that we all have it a little bit about that fear of failure, that fear of, uh, am I good enough that, you know, how, how do you respond to that? How do you help somebody through that? Uh, so the fear side of it for me, like I would say, and a lot of dads get this when you're out with your kids, for instance, and you're doing something, I mean, gosh, you're just like praying, like, please don't like have a complete meltdown in the, in the grocery store. And we have to like deal with talking to you because you get so many eyeballs looking at you and that's an immediate judgment there. And the fear is, is like, okay, like if I, lightly tap my kid on the butt to like sort of like redirect them into something like, is someone going to see that as like abuse? And am I going to have to deal with like something? Right. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like that's probably one of my greatest fears. It's like, you know what? Like it's my parent parental right to like redirect my kid. And if it means like a, a, a slight swat on the butt to say, Hey, like snap out of your craziness right now and realize where we are and what's going on and that this is inappropriate. Um, you know, and, but to have to deal with like, what somebody else's reaction going to be kind of thing is completely ludicrous because you're not doing anything that's abusive at all. It's parenting style in its own way. And so for me, like that's a great fear, but I think too, just like the idea that um, this fear of, um, you know, Oh, dad's finally stepping up to the plate. It's like, no, like (laughs) dads have been stepping up to the plate for a while. Like there's more of it being seen visually now. um, Yeah. Only because there are lots of dads who are putting it out there in a lot of ways. And it looks different now. I mean, it does. does. Oh, totally different. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, the culturally it's more upfront, like, you know, I mean, this might be my opinion. I have no research to back this up, but you know, being a dad was more behind the scenes than it, than it, than it is today. I think, yeah. I mean, I think too, though, for even back in the day, I mean, it was seen as like dad was the enforcer or, you know, like you are talking you just about just wait till your father gets home. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think that in a lot of ways you hear that as often because there is a shared experience in some ways of like, Hey, mom can take care of this just as well as dad can. And yeah. if mom takes care of it and I don't react the same way, yeah, then I've got to deal with dad and he's coming in yeah. to the fury on this fashion because one, like you've already like uh, kind of brought mom down, but mom is dad's wife. And so like dad comes in and is like, well, first off, here's how things are. And then yeah. second off, like, this is my wife and you're going to respect her on top of this. Cause when it's all said and done, y'all are gone. And it's the two of us. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how our marriage stays strong. Yo, you remember yeah, right. that it's, 
you remember that it's you and your spouse always and the kids leave the house. <laughs> yeah. And you actually, you know, you hit on something. I, you know, I had this, uh, this philosophy of, uh, equality between the parents. I, I think we, I, I really do think that we push one parent over the other. In some families, you're pushing the dad more. Some families, you're pushing the mom for. I don't think there's a rhyme or reason. I think culturally, uh, moms are more the heroes in media today than, than dads are. I mean, just look at, you know, the dad shows that have the bumbling idiot father, you know, as the main character. And it's really the mom who runs the show. But I, I don't think that's true to reality, right? You know, when I, when I look at reality, I see the partnership. And, and, and the one advice that I give to dads all the time is work together. You're not doing this by yourself, right? And, and dads are famous for trying to do everything by themselves, right? Like, I don't need help. I don't need to ask for this. I don't need to ask for that. Well, you married somebody who is very much capable, just as much as you are, of helping raise this family. Uh, and, and in having that conversation, that direct communication with your spouse is priority, you know, in order for this to be successful. Well, I think too, like just to address one other side of your audience, because you said that you have a lot of non-Christians and I think you would too, like you're Christian to the point, but the one thing that maybe is missing from this conversation is that, um, we haven't really addressed like single parents, for instance, like single dads, um, single dads, single moms, like do seriously, like (laughs) I'm going to just put this right out there. You are the strongest parents, honestly, Amen. any of us us teamed up together, um, in our own, you know, with spouses kind of deal, like single parents, if you're hearing this right now, seriously, like y'all are at the top of my chain for like, you know, being awesome. And I see you guys doing stuff that I'm like, I don't even know like how you can handle three kids all the time without a break. Like I am an at-home dad with two kids and I get breaks because my spouse comes home and I get that opportunity. Yeah. At all. Yeah, my my brother and sister are single parents, uh, and and they they do amazing jobs by their kids. Amazing jobs. And I think from that standpoint too, like those dads and moms need to have the ability to to for to like I don't want to say forgive themselves. That's not what I'm looking for. That's that's the right word. But basically, they need the ability to uh, just realize that they need to find a way to um, you know breathe life back into themselves because they put so much out there. Yeah. And they're eventually going to be mentally and physically drained. And they've got to come up with a way to feel comfortable to allow someone else to watch those kids for a little while so that you can go have some me time. Yeah. Uh, and that's for every parent, but especially for single parents, they got to find that time because that's how you keep moving forward. I think what I hear you saying is that they have to show themselves grace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they have to be able to, um, to take care of themselves in order to take care of others. It's that whole idea of, uh, the second greatest commandment, right? Love others as you love yourself, right? You can't, you can't feed into the life of somebody else unless you're allowing, you know, yourself to be filled first. It's the whole idea of put your oxygen mask on first before you help somebody out. So true. Uh, Yeah. And, and, And again, you know, this is something I'm learning now, you know, I mean, as, as far as, you know, I, I've, as a pastor, as a father, as a friend, I've always been that helper, you know, I'm there for everybody kind of a thing. Uh, but I forgot to fill myself back up, take care of myself, you know, and, and, and uh, eventually you get to the point where you're just like, I, I, I can't do anything else anymore. Yeah. I, I was there just a few months ago for an extended period of time and went through a lot of anxiety and anger and depression. Yeah. And it was a whole bunch of mental fitness that had to be going on in my head. And it took literally stepping back from a lot of things and concentrating on myself and my faith and my family, um, to see that, uh, I needed to, I, I needed to make a better schedule for myself. Right. Uh, and, you know, and, and like you said, the proverbial, put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then yeah. help else. Cause if you're putting out, 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 you're eventually going to run out of breath. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, we're going to have to wrap it up because we're, we're reaching our time for today. Uh, but I, I, I think we're going to have you back on again, uh, yeah, at some point in the future, uh, because this is an important topic. Um, and, and maybe even the next time Brock, you come in, uh, we'll have one parenting topic that we can talk about. Maybe, you know, disciplining your kids or discipling your kids or, 
you know, taking care of yourself. I think self-care might be a really big issue uh, that we can talk about. Let's, let's do that. Let's maybe, do I'll that. Come, maybe I'll come to you. Ooh, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm putting a pin in it right now. The next thing we're going to talk about, uh, and we'll make it for season three, uh, is uh, the self-care of, of the parent. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so, one of my other favorite topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as a pastor, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, or how many pastors need to hear that message, you know. And I'm sure, and I know it's the same as parents, you know, for parents. Definitely. So, um, Brock, I want people to be able to subscribe to your podcast. I want them to be able to follow you social media wise. Uh, so, if somebody wants to learn more about what you're doing and about uh, the things that you're involved with, how do they how do they get in contact with you? So I have a, a website called the nomaddad.com and it's not spelled like it sounds. So you're going to spell out the word nomad and then it gets the letters a D at the end of it. So it's like nomadad. So N O M A D A D. Right.com. Right. And that's where you can get all the podcast information. That's also where you can find me on social media, Twitter. I'm not so big into doing that. I have it, but it doesn't get very active. Instagram is where you kind of see me and my lovely family doing all kinds of things. Um, and then, uh, Cincinnati dads group stuff is on through, uh, the Cincinnati dads group website is, or, uh, Facebook and Instagram on there as well. But those are, uh, the easiest ways to find me. Okay. And, uh, for the Indianapolis audience, there is an Indianapolis dads group. I think it's called Indie dads. Yeah. Indie Dads um, Group. Yep, it's run by uh, actually a, a teacher there in the Indianapolis uh, area as well. So really cool guy. You can find him on Instagram at I think he's like the captain or something like that. So okay. I'll get you the information for your show notes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll also put Brock's um, website so you can get to the podcast um, and things like that as well. Um, so, uh, really do appreciate you, brother, uh, being on here. Uh, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and, and to have you on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, man. And, uh, success with everything. This is awesome that you're doing this. I, uh, I look forward to uh, listening to more of these. Awesome. All right. Well, if you are in the Brownsburg area and you would love to check out uh, Cornerstone Christian Church, which is the one and only sponsor of the Coffee and Conversation podcast, uh, you can check us out each and every Sunday at 9 and 1030 a.m. in the mornings on Sundays. Uh, you could find us on Facebook at CCC Brownsburg uh, or our website, Cornerstone Rock. If you like the podcast, please share and subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review because, hey, I do like seeing those. And it helps us get found on the search engine a little better if you do that. So uh, that's all uh, all the business, I think. We will see you next time on the Coffee and Conversation podcast.